Behind the Bite podcast is part of a network of podcasts that are good for the world. Check out podcasts like the Full of Shit podcast, After the First Marriage podcast, and Eating Recovery Academy over at practiceofthepractice.com backslash network. Welcome to Behind the Bite podcast. This podcast is about the real life struggles women face with food, body image, and weight. We're here to help heal, inspire, and create better, healthier lives. Welcome. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Happy New Year. Look, I know this time of year can be so triggering for so many of you. And, you know, if I'm being honest, I kind of always brace myself for the start of the new year, knowing that the diet and beauty industry will be coming out full force with all of their ads. And they're going to be bombarding us to start off the new year with a new, quote unquote, us, whatever that means. Look, this idea that is out there that we all somehow overindulged over the holidays and quote unquote, let ourselves go and now need to get back on track. It's it's ridiculous. And believe me, I certainly hope you are listening to this and not relating at all to anything I just said. But if you are feeling bad, guilty, or anything negative about yourself after the holidays, I want to strongly encourage you to steer clear of all of the ads that are out there right now. And and I know I can't do this, but I truly wish I had some magical words or powers to help you to have more compassion for yourself or to somehow rid any of you of those bad negative feelings and thoughts. So while I cannot do that and I don't have the ability to do the impossible, I do have the ability to do a few things for you. One being that I can answer any questions or speak to any comments you send over to me. So just a reminder that if any of you have something you want me to answer or comment on the show, please just send something to me, send a message to me. Um, and I also have another ability. I have the ability to bring fascinating guests on the show, which is what I've done today. So with that being said, let me introduce who we have on the show with us today. Katie Beecher is a medical and spiritual intuitive and licensed professional counselor featured in Goop. Boosh, Miranda Care's blog, and more. Her own healing journey from a severe eating disorder, depression, and Lyme disease is pretty remarkable, and it began at the age of 16. She has been recovered from bulimia for over 30 years. She conducts her readings in a unique way by creating a detailed report and intuitive soul painting, knowing only a name and an age. Her accuracy and abilities have been verified by medical professionals, prominent media outlets, and celebrities. And her book, Heal From Within, A Guidebook to Intuitive Wellness, is filled with valuable information about root cause healing and wellness from her spiritual guides and 30 years of experience. Well, Katie, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. Well, so would you mind sharing with the listeners a little bit about you know your background, how you got here, because you have such a an interesting place in your life where you're at right now, and it's very unusual. So, um, just so the listeners kind of know, like who you are. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I have been recovered from um, a you know case of bleeding that nearly killed me um, for over thirty years. I was throwing up three times a day, 
laxatives, diuretics, you know, starving, too much exercise, the whole gamut of, of things that we do. Um, and I was, I think the eating disorder kind of started um, around age 12 when during puberty, I put on like 20 pounds and I was actually okay with it. Um, but my father noticed one day, he made a comment about the fact that I should not be getting the ice cream out of the freezer because I gained some weight. Now he's sitting there with this big belly. Okay. Like, you know, please really dude. Um, so I got it out anyway, cause I'm like, screw you. But the very next day I started my first diet and, you know, we have to do things in an extreme way. So I went down to a thousand calories, lost 20 pounds, got tons of compliments. And of course you cannot maintain a thousand calories a day. It's, it's not healthy, um, among other things. So I went back to eating the way I had, and I put the weight back on. And that just started this cycle of um, hating myself and feeling like a failure. And being a type A, I was pretty, you know, results oriented, and I couldn't just kind of let that go. Um, and there were some other, you know, issues, dysfunctional family issues and, and fun things like that, um, being bullied because I had gone through puberty too early. Uh, not too early, but earlier than most. So didn't like my body to begin with. And um, yeah, I got to the point when I was 16 years old that I just said, I cannot live this way. I am miserable. I tried everything I could to be okay. Thought that if I lost weight, because I, I wasn't um, underweight when I went through all this, but I just thought if I can lose weight, I'll be fine. The eating disorder will go away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and had a suicide plan and um i'm still not exactly sure why this happened but one day i came home from school and i said i have to make changes i don't want to die i have to get better and so i called our family pediatrician it was the first time i ever admitted to anybody what i was doing and he gave me the name of a therapist um she's a very um, intuitive feeling type of therapist. And I'm going to get to some of the things that we did that helped me heal. Um, but I just decided it was time and I worked really hard. And, you know, that was the beginning of my healing journey. It, it took me two months for her to, for me to get the courage up to call the therapist. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't like, you did though. Right, right, right. But it wasn't like, oh, I have all this courage all of a sudden. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the beginning of things. Um, and, you know, through connecting to my intuition and connecting with my my higher self and my authentic self and doing lots of other things, um, those are the things that have really been essential in my healing journey. And for me, I don't know that I could have done it you know, the healing part any other way. So I'm um, happy to take this in any direction you would like. Okay. Well, so it, people might be wondering, okay, so you said you would share how you healed. Um, and so just before you share that, is the way you healed and your journey, did that influence now what you're doing in your life and how you help people? Yes, um, absolutely. You know, I was told from um, my intuition at the time I talked to God um, that I was going through all of this to be able to get on the other side and to be able to help others. And so now um, 
in my over 30 years as a therapist and a medical spiritual intuitive, which is what I do, I share the things that that worked, um, the things that, you know, I still use the same techniques to connect to my intuition and my authentic self. And and I absolutely, you know, teach them all of the the strategies and the techniques and things um, that helped me. That's why I wrote my book. It's all, you know, in there as well. But um, I don't find that there's a lot of therapists or treatment programs who stress connecting with intuition or the authentic self. Um, I find that it's a lot of behavioral therapy, which absolutely has its place and is good stuff too. Um, But I, I think that a lot of people with eating disorders lock themselves out and they don't learn to use their voice you know they're told to to be quiet and that their views and their what they're seeing and hearing and things are not real um so this connecting with the intuition your authentic self part i think is for a lot of people could be a really beneficial addition to what they're already doing so i'm actually curious you know you mentioned you know some dysfunctional family things and and to your point i think a lot of times that is the case. People are raised in families or in situations where they're told, you know, your feelings are wrong or they're bad or they're overwhelming or don't feel that way or all sorts of things. So very much so like, you know, how I'm feeling is wrong or bad or kind of questioning it. And so not trusting how they feel, not trusting their intuition. Um, And so to come for you, even at 16, to go to a therapist that maybe kind of encouraged that or, you know, brought that out in you. I'm wondering, that must have been very odd. And even for, you know, people listening, kind of going, what? Like, I don't, how do I, how do I get to my intuition? I don't trust it. Or that seems like that would be really difficult. Like, what would you say to that? Absolutely, it was. Um, I did not know who I was. I had no self. Um, I, I thought I kind of knew who I was, but I really deep down didn't know who I was. I was so used to trying to figure out um, how to maneuver within this very controlling, denial, addictive family setting that it was all about being who other people wanted me to be, you know, shutting myself down, not making waves, um, feeling like when I did try to talk about my feelings or say, hey, this is wrong. Why are you doing this? You know, you just get shut down and rejected. And so you learn to just push all of your feelings down, which is the definition of addiction, right? Um, eating disorders are very powerful addictions. So when I started to work with her on just learning what intuition is, for example, let's start there because that can mean different things to different people. But to me, intuition is this all-knowing force that is accessible to everyone. It's a source of unconditional love and acceptance, and it's always with us, kind of directing us to what's best for us, helping to protect us. I, for the first time in my life, had the feeling that I wasn't alone, even if it was by myself. So I, I kind of think of it as this kind of bodyguard or this perfect parent that is always there that we can always access and go to kind of like this built-in friend um I did definitely have these weird psychic and you know intuitive abilities as well and that's a piece of intuition but for me it was more the you know the loving a place to get 
confirmation and unconditional love that I had not gotten from other places. So if you think of it that way, um, I chose to talk to God and not from a religious standpoint, but just God being our source, where we came from. Um, you know, again, unconditional love. Some people choose to talk to the concept of a higher self. Um, some people may talk to nature or the universe or a tree or a loved one in spirit. I've had that happen too. So your label of intuition really hasn't, isn't as important as that you find this supportive um, energy or force that you're going to communicate with and derive strength from. So my favorite way of connecting, and this is what we used in therapy, was to physically write out um, a question or your statement or our feelings and just see what comes to you. You know, don't spend don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Just the first things that come to you, write that down. Okay. And then write back to it. And then whenever you hear, write that down and write back to it. So you're having a written conversation with this loving, protective, nurturing voice. And sometimes I will just say, Do you have anything to tell me? You know, because sometimes often with eating disorders, our feelings get pushed down. We're often not even aware we're feeling things, but we're aware something's off. So I'll just kind of be like, do you have anything to tell me? Or I'll start writing like I'm writing to a friend, you know, and be like, do you have any input? Um, is there anything I should know? Whatever. Just kind of keep it, you know, open. Um, sometimes I will ask a question about something going on in my life or, you know, whatever. So you can use it for whatever you want. Um, sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes 20 so it doesn't have to be something that you're like, oh, my God, I need, you know, an hour set aside to do this. It's not like that at all. Um, doing it in writing is very powerful because you have to stop what you're doing to write. And a lot of us don't take the time to stop the, you know, the overthinking, the head's going, we're constantly busy on the move. So you have to stop what you're doing, get the paper, get the writing thing. You're looking at the paper, you're bringing your body into it because you're using your body to write. Um, it's very important to connect to the body. Again, with eating disorders, we disconnect from the body so that cuts off intuition. This is you're bringing your body into this equation and allowing signals from your body. So it's, um, it's something that's very grounding. It helps us to be mindful. A lot of us live in the fear of the past or we live in the fear of the future. We're not in this very moment, which is can be very terrifying. So it just you know brings you into this moment. Um, and if you'd like, I can share some things that can be obstacles to connecting to intuition. That would be great. Right. Okay, awesome. I didn't know if you had any questions about what I had said. So um, yes, so one of the biggest obstacles to connecting with intuition is overthinking the process. We're all great overthinkers. <laughs> so, you know. um, so things like, um, am I doing this right? What if I'm not intuitive? Um, am I connecting to intuition or is this just my own head? You know, am I just telling myself what I want to hear? Um, what if I don't hear anything back? There's a lot of that. What, what if I don't hear anything? Or what if I'm not hearing enough? Or sometimes we hear things that don't relate to what we wrote. That's okay. It's just your intuition telling you something else, you know, that you needed to hear. 
Um, so overthinking is a big one. Also feeling like, well, I'm not a medium. I'm not a medical intuitive. I'm not, I don't have any powers. You don't need to have any abilities or anything to just, you know, connect to your, your higher self. A really big one also is we often get messages in our heads or little signals or, or thoughts about things that we need to do. And they can be really scary. So it may be stuff like, you know, leaving a dysfunctional relationship or getting out of a job that makes you unhappy or, or standing up to somebody, you know, being more creative, um, any number of things. And they can feel really overwhelming. So you may not know where to start. Um, you may not think you can do it. You may already have decided if I do this, I'm going to be rejected. The bad things are going to happen. So a lot of the time we are pushing down that intuitive information. And what I suggest to people, um, I want them to know that they have a choice. You have a choice of whether or not to listen to your intuition. So I want you to feel empowered. And let's say you're writing to your intuition and you hear something like, um, I need to, I'm really unhappy in this situation with this with this person. I really want to like set some boundaries, stand up to them, you know, but that feels very scary. So you may, if that comes up in your writing, you might try saying, where do I start? What's the first step? It always starts with one step. You don't go from having no boundaries to having boundaries, you know, all at once. Um, what's one thing I can do to start with? So it might be, um, I'm not going to return their texts right away. I'm going to wait two hours for returning a text. Or, you know, it could be very simple things to start establishing these boundaries. Um, you may, when you get this information from your intuition, you might say, that's really scary to me. So you can write about why is this scary? You know, what boundaries am I, I mean, what um, blocks am I putting up for myself? You know, why am I so afraid of doing this? You may also say, you know what? I hear you and that's good information and it resonates, but right at this very minute, I can't deal with it. I can't go there. So it's important to say like, okay, I'm going to check in with you tomorrow because you need to acknowledge it. But right at that very moment, you might not be ready or might not be able to. And that's all okay. The most important thing is that you're listening. So those are just, you know, some of the things. Um, just, you know, a lot of it is fear-based or just not feeling like you're capable or that you can do it right. And there's no right or wrong way to connect with intuition. I was just going to say that as you were talking, the word fear just kept popping up. Just like so much fear um is it like stemming almost from like insecurity like not trusting like oh I'm allowed to oh my god it's you know I just remember when I started going through that my healing thing like I didn't even tell my parents that I had called the doctor I didn't tell them I was going to therapy um I had a job and money and I paid for it myself and there was a huge fear of telling them mostly because I really didn't think they'd care and I knew that there were all of these problems in our family that I had tried to talk about that no one wanted to deal with. So I'm like, why would I bother involving them in my therapy process when they don't take responsibility for their behavior? You know, they know damn well 
that all of these things are hurting me and they're not doing anything about them. So what is the point of even telling them, you know, knowing that I would have to deal with it at some point. Um, when I did finally tell my parents, my father said, well, you're still fat. It's not working. Woo. Right. Um, and my mother, um, this is in my book, so I can say it. Um, my mother asked if my father had been sexually abusing me. <laughs> now, if you thought that of your husband, why in God's name would you stay married to him? But that's, you know, that's a whole other story. Um, so it was just like all of this disconnected stuff, which when you are living in your house still at any age and you have an eating disorder and you're living with dysfunctional people, that makes it extra hard to heal. You know, just as you were saying, I'm thinking, gosh, you know, you know, in family therapy, we conceptualize an eating disorders as triangulation of like, that's your way of communicating. It's, you know, you can't speak with your words. So you're trying to speak through your body. Right? Yeah. And so like you were trying to be so loud and they weren't even getting that. So then you try to speak with your words finally after some therapy and they weren't, weren't even. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. And my mother said, well. That's great. Um, we'll we'll pay for half of it for you. Not all come, you know. Not not all like take responsibility for any of this. Not I will listen, but just here we'll pay for half of it because then you'll feel more responsible and want to heal better. Self to therapy. Therapy. I didn't need you. You know, it's. It, I work again with a lot of eating disorder people like you do, and the family system stuff is just mind blowing sometimes. And just having the courage to get yourself into therapy, to admit that I need to make changes. And I mean, I just give people so much credit for, for starting, you know, for just recognizing that I do need some help and, and it's going to be really hard and I don't have support, but I need to do it, you know, for myself. And definitely like, I knew I was on my own, which is, was actually better because I was not asking anybody else to change. I was not blaming it on my family, even though, you know, there's that. Um, but I'm like, I'm taking responsibility for this. I need to make changes. I need to deal with what I can deal with and not base it on what they may or may not do. Which I think is a, a great message for people listening to you because I'm, in no way are we saying like, blame it on other people or, right. you know, say this is the, the cause, you know, I think that's important to note. It's you're saying, I need to take responsibility exactly. I need to look at what's going on with me. Why is this happening and how can I heal? Because I think people do get stuck with that too, is like, for sure. Stuck in the, Oh, it's if only this person changed or this situation changed, then yeah. I can heal, right. Because that also goes down with the body image. Only if I look perfect, if I was different, then I could be happy. It goes down. It is a distractor versus like, what is really in your control? Exactly. And it's also things like I knew that I had to learn to love and accept myself the way I was at a weight that I was not happy with, you know, and I was afraid that I would gain more weight or whatever. And that didn't happen. But I knew that my intuition kept saying, like, just because those people aren't okay doesn't mean that you can't be okay. And just because society or whatever is telling us we need to look a certain way or these images we didn't have social media then it was you know ages ago um but just because of that like I could set my own standards and I was lovable and acceptable no matter what it's like 
I tell people to think about it like they're pets. So literally your cat or dog or rabbit or lizard does not care if you have makeup on or how much money you make or what you weigh, or they don't care. They just love you exactly the way you are. And when I started to be able to access that from that intuitive voice, then I started to be like, oh, maybe I can say that to myself too. And started to, you know, and it's, it's a work in progress always. It's been, you know, over 30 years and it's still being like, okay, don't be so hard on yourself. And, you know, like, so it's, it's always work in progress. Um, but finding a place, you know, to start. So think of it like your pet, like love yourself the way your pet does. That's a great way to look at it. Or, or conversely, how you love your pet. You're not yes. touching your yes. pet, right? Yes, perfect, perfect. Okay. Both ways, it goes both ways. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but I also have learned that a lot of people with eating disorders, um, maybe due to their sensitivity or because they're so empathic and pick up on other people's energy, I think a lot of us have these intuitive and psychic abilities that we haven't tapped into or don't really know what to do with. And that can make us feel weird and all the other you know, stuff. But I think we, I did a, a paper for um, one of my college classes about the connection between creativity and eating disorders. And so many of us are creative people too. So I think we have our own unique way of looking at the world that doesn't fit into whatever normal is. I don't even know what that means. Um, but so embrace who you are and your uniqueness and your um, just, you know, all of the things about who you are, um, positive and negative. And then if there's things that you want to change, you can look at those without judgment um, and, you know, make some changes without feeling like you're a piece of crap. Right. And I think that's well said. I, I, I find that too. I think that the more, the more sensitivity um, can make it overwhelming when you feel things, right? And so that can lead to wanting to numb out, wanting to like use food to escape from things because the feelings can be quite overwhelming, especially if you're a people pleaser too, right? And Oh my God. Emotions and really getting affected if somebody's angry or feeling like they're angry because you did something. Right. Or taking it personally. Right. Yeah. You need to do something to change that. What's another characteristic of somebody who's got an eating disorder, right? And I really think that if we're listening to our intuition, it'll help us listen to our bodies and our bodies will let us know when we're hungry, when we are angry, when we're sad, um, you know, when we're full, um, what we want to eat that is going to make our bodies and our minds happy. You know, our, our bodies and our intuition are just innately brilliant and eating disorders and addictions override that. So, and that's, as you know, you know, it's so much pressure to feel like you have to control everything all the time or your life will implode. So by connecting to intuition, I was like, I have a really smart friend who loves me walking around with me all the time, who can help me make these decisions and check in. And I don't have to be on guard and worried about making a mistake all the time. So what would you say to somebody who's listening going, I don't trust myself around food. Like, I just, I don't. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I would say that that is because you're blocking out 
your body's signals and blocking out your intuition. And I'm going to use the term self. Um, self can be very non-spiritual. It can come from a place of fear. It can come from a place of learned behavior that doesn't work. So that aspect of your personality, I'm being very young in right now, um, that aspect of your personality may not steer you in the direction that, that is best for you. So you may be right. You may not be able to trust yourself with food when you're in that mode of intuition override, um, which is where you're comfortable, which is where you've learned to be because no one ever taught you to be your true self or to listen to intuition. You've had to be in control mode. So, so that part of you may use food to push down a lot of different feelings, you know, and so you're not using food in a way of nourishment um, or enjoyment. You know, it's all the other things that are attached to it when you have an eating disorder. Um, so what I would advise you to do, oh, this is a really important thing. I totally almost forgot. Um, what really helped me too is I wrote to my eating disorder. Um, so in that case, write to the self, write to your eating disorder, write to your body as your friends, not something that you have to fight or get over or is killing you or that you hate. Um, I wrote to it and said, okay, you're here for a good reason. What do you want from me? I know you're like torturing me right now, but what do you want from me? What do you want me to listen to? How do I need to change and be more authentic? Like, I really honestly believe that the eating disorder is one of the best things that ever happened to me because it forced me to wake up and listen and make changes and to connect to my intuition and to separate from all those dysfunctional people. Like so many things happened because of the eating disorder and recovery that would not have happened otherwise. And I probably, not probably, I would not be alive had that the eating disorder and the healing not occurred. Um, I know that for sure. Because I just would have ended my life you know I just was an unhappy person before the eating disorder happened so it's it's not something to fear and that's not often what we're taught you know this warrior stuff and we have to fight it and we have to all this stuff try talking to it as your friend and letting it letting it love you and letting it guide you and help you yeah that is not very often heard right no it's usually the opposite like oh my gosh this eating disorder is going to do the opposite which is gonna gonna kill me it's gonna yeah it's the worst thing that could ever happen to me so what a great positive spin on it and right just being able to maybe embrace it and communicate with it what's the purpose yeah, because it's, it is scary i mean it causes us problems you know it, it creates issues it it makes us a big problem for our families it can do all those things but maybe all that's good well i mean and you know I'll speak to the audience too right like if i didn't have mine certainly life would not be where it's at now for me either, right? And we wouldn't be talking and wouldn't have I wouldn't be doing this work. I wouldn't have discovered all my intuitive gifts. I wouldn't so many, so many things. So yeah, absolutely. You know, I talk to people all the time with different illnesses or whatever. And I'm always like, okay, what how did this change your life? You know, you wouldn't be talking to me. You wouldn't have found meditation. You wouldn't have left your job. You wouldn't whatever the things are, but um challenges do create change 
and we can choose to listen or not. Absolutely right. Um, and I want to switch gears just a little bit. So, you know, for anyone listening, maybe wondering like, okay, what, what does Katie do exactly? Because, you know, you said you're a psychologist, but you uh-huh. also do something different. And so I was actually curious myself. So before um, Katie came on the podcast, um, I actually just decided to to work with her myself just to see like, what does she do that's different? Not not in the psychologist um, realm, but um, I had her her work with me as if I was to go to her, like any of you might. And um, so I don't know, Katie, if you want to kind of describe yeah. what it was that we went through and um, I don't want to get into my personal like absolutely absolutely it was fascinating um yes you know it's it's very interesting what you do so so i'm a medical and emotional intuitive medical and spiritual intuitive and i just knowing someone's name and age um i create a very extensive report and watercolor soul painting and my goal is to identify all of the parts of their lives all of their characteristics their strengths and challenges that are impacting their life and work with them to discover how I can, how they're, you know, how they're impacting your life exactly. Um, and then how we can work on those things um, toward having a happier, healthier life. And the things that show up, it's really extensive, um, you know, relationships and intuitive skills and your career and if you're creative or not, um, your family background, traumas you've had. I mean, People don't realize how much every single aspect of our life impacts our health, you know, mental and physical health. So, um, so yeah, my guides um, came up with four pages of stuff, you know, and the painting. Um, and we, um, it's a very interactive thing. I send the report and the painting before we meet. So you have that, you know, I can't BS it. Um, I think you'd say it was pretty darn accurate. Yeah. Um, in a, in a crazy way sometimes. Um, people are always like, how the hell did you do this? I'm like, I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like, a, people said, this is like a year of therapy in an hour. This is awesome. because so I don't have to, you know, tell you every single story that ever has ever happened to me. And you already know what I'm like, okay, that's cool. Uh, but it's true. Um, so, you know, we look at like, what are the things that you want to work on? What are things that are bugging you? What are things that are impacting your life that you did not even connect to why um, you're, you know, using food emotionally. I'm not talking about you right now. Um, you know, just stuff like, I didn't even realize that these things were connected. So how can I work on all of these aspects of my life? And a lot of it's stuff like not realizing that if you're in an abusive relationship or in a relationship that's making you really unhappy, that that creates all kinds of physical and emotional effects. And, People think, well, when I feel better, I will leave. Or, you know, when I lose weight, I will X, Y, Z. Or when I'm healed, I'll have the courage to whatever. And it's like, we have to address these things concurrently while you're working on healing from the other stuff or else none of it will will get healed. So, you know, a lot of the work I do is helping people to, um, you know, get to the root causes of what's going on and, and begin addressing them so you can permanently heal. Yeah. And I have to say, like, just exactly what you said for anyone wondering, like, it was fascinating to to get the report and the, the painting beforehand and then to go through it with you after um, we did a Zoom interactive and discussed it. And I was 
shocked. Hey, <laughs> I'm glad. I like when that happens. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> no, you know, and to kind of talk through it and um, like very spot on. And so, yeah, I think it could be immensely helpful for somebody just for the reasons you were like saying right now, people kind of getting, gaining an understanding of like how all these areas of their life interact and uh, for sure motivating them. Yeah. And a lot of it, you know, people are like, well, I thought I worked through that trauma or whatever. And we do work through things, but it's a process. And there may be stuff that, you know, maybe something in your life is making you think about the thing that happened or, you know, as we grow and change and evolve, um, we realize other things about how something in our past impacted us or, you know, who knows, but I think that we're all very busy, you know, and, and traditional therapy or traditional medicine is kind of like band-aiding things. And, you know, what can we do about the symptom? And it doesn't get down to like the real core issues of what's going on in people's lives. Um, I was doing something. I have um, Ehlers-Danlos, I have hypermobility. So I went to this presentation thing and there was um, an integrative doctor there and was explaining what he did about looking at lifestyle and nutrition and all this. And I'm like, if all doctors were integrative, imagine how different life would be. Right. Because like you said, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, you know, a lot of people go into therapy and it's cognitive behavioral, which is great because it does yep. a lot. Yep. But it's not everything works for everybody. And so we do need different approaches. We do need, you know, people who are doing different types of work and tapping into different things that can work for. And I use all of it, you know, so exactly. of course. And there are people out there, you know, maybe even you listening who are more spiritual or really intuitive and really need to tap into that instead of maybe doing more of the cognitive work or more of the intellectual, you know, traditional psychotherapy work. And so I'm really, that's another reason I really wanted to bring you on here because we don't talk about that so much, you know, it's kind of considered, you know, kind of out there, woo woo, whatever you want to call it. And I'm always game to bring on people who are doing work that might really be the key to what could help people. I think it's important. Yeah, I think it's very empowering. And my therapist always said, the answers are within you. I'm a facilitator and I can suggest things and help you, but the answers are within you. And I think as a person with an eating disorder, I never felt empowered at all. It was just fear-based, like, I don't know anything. I'm useless. I'm whatever. And you don't realize that we are smart and that we do have good information at our intuition you know, works. And so, um, especially being brought up in a family where you're you know, controlled and told, so you're not. Um, so I think that empowering people is one of the most important parts of my job. And so like, um, for you, like how, how did you find your way to like reaching people? Like, how was that for you? Like navigating, cause you know, I'm a psychologist too. It's very much like empirically validated treatment. So how, like for you, how was it to kind of navigate out of just doing that. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always worked very intuitively. Mm -hmm. So I used a number of modalities. I'm very young in Carl Jung for people who don't know. I'm very young in that's, you know, what worked for me. Um, but I've always used whatever modalities seem to work. Um, but I always listen 
to my intuition. Mm -hmm. I kind of would be in a session and just be like, okay, I'm hearing this and that's what I'm going to pass through to people. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be the most, um, the most effective way of working with people. So, um, but one day I was actually working with an eating disorder person who um, was having trouble getting pregnant and all of a sudden, so I was telling her about this writing back and forth thing and she could not relate to writing to her intuition. She had no concept of what her intuition meant at all. So I said, okay, is there anybody that you're close to or have been close to that you felt was supportive and loving and loved you unconditionally? And she said, yes, my grandmother, but she's dead. I said, okay, well, why don't we do this? I will, we're going to role play. I'll show you how to do this. Um, I'll play the role of your grandmother and you be you. And so we started to do this. And all of a sudden, I was channeling her grandmother. Like, this is a true story. Um, I was saying things that her grandmother would say. I saw where she played in her grandmother's attic. Um, I knew I could describe it to a T. I knew that she had played with this certain doll that she loved, that was, was her favorite. Um, it was really freaky. I hadn't gone that deep before um, or let myself. And so I was like, okay, this is really weird. She felt it too. Like she's like, my grandmother's here totally. Um, and it was the most natural thing in the world and also the most weird because you're, you're trying to you know, live in two worlds. But I just said, you know, I can't fight this anymore. This is, this is a powerful force that is going to help me with helping other people and I need to embrace it. Um, so... I kind of let that happen and I decided to explore mediumship more and going into, you know, channeling people and all that weirdness. Um, I decided I need to explore it more. So, so I did. Um, and she actually ended up like a month after that session, she got pregnant and she'd been trying for like three years. Um, so it was sort of neat. We, we thanked her grandmother for that. That's a fantastic story. I mean, you must have gotten some chills. <laughs> Very, yeah, it was wild. I'm like, okay, I I have to put myself out there now. You know, I have to be like, yep, this is happening. The, the little boo-boo thing is happening. Um, fortunately, I lived in Connecticut where there were some spiritualist churches. Um, and spiritualist churches, they have medium readings during the service. They have hands-on healing. Um, they have Reiki. They have, so you meet people who are interested in similar things. And and it's not woo at all. Like, it seems like it'd be really crazy, but um, it was actually super comforting. And I was like, where has this been my whole life? Like, this is amazing. So, um, you know, people may have resources like that if they're interested in, in learning more about their own abilities and um, they usually have inexpensive classes for mediumship or spirituality or or stuff like that. So it's kind of neat. So, you know, since since then, like, where's your career taken you? And like, if people want to read things you write or like, yeah, with you, like, how can they do that? Absolutely. Um, so I primarily do, you know, medical and um, spiritual intuitive stuff, um, as part of those sessions, counseling is always involved. It's just natural, you know, the way it works. Um, I have a very active Instagram account. It's Katie Beecher medical intuitive. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, my book is called heal from within, um, a guidebook to intuitive wellness. You can get that everywhere. Um, and on, you know, every format, my website is probably a great place to start. It's Katie Beecher 
com. And there's tons of articles I've written there and podcast appearances. And I'll, you know, put yours up. And um, so, because I've been on, I don't know, like 200 different articles and podcasts and, and things. They're not all there, but you can like put my name into Google and podcast, whatever. Um, but a great place to start, you know, is is my website. Um, and all my social media links are on there. So you can go from there. Awesome. All right. Well, any last final words before we end? I know you've provided a lot of great information and, you know, this has just been really enlightening and eye-opening. So any last final words? Yeah. I mean, I really want to tell people that, that you can heal. Mm -hmm. I know my, um, my younger daughter became a therapist and she works in an eating disorder inpatient. Um, she had an eating disorder, which she's recovered from too. So I want to tell people that they can heal you know, not to give up, um, not to let other people get in their way, and um, that it, it really, really is possible. And I never, ever would have thought that I would get to this point or be happy or have a great relationship or a great family or a career. I mean, I just never thought any of that was possible when I was in the throes of it. You know, um, it was bad. So please keep trying. And if, if one therapist or one type of therapy doesn't work, try something else. Absolutely. Love that message. Thank you so much, Katie, for being here. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.